Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talladega Super Speedway. It usually is wild, but one thing for sure, it's always thrilling. All right, boys, let's have a good one today. Sit out here and walk deep. Come on, right here. Got some fun. Try to uh, maintain it here, get some points. Be there at the end of the day. Move on to next week. Think about you, Alex. Go ahead and get today. Have a clean, solid race. Good luck today, everybody. Keep focused. You're on the goal. All right, bud. Pull the belt tight. Nice and steady all day. Let's be there at the end. We can do this. Flag. Green, green, green. Nobody pushed anybody in the first two rows. Pops getting a little help right now. Here comes your push. Still down there on your door. Flapping and making all kinds of noise. It might be minus user flaps. Caution's out for debris. This is our right side window. Got to come get a right side window ready. Racing pretty hard already up there, don't you think? Two by two up front. A lot of hard pushing. Do we think we should stay in this or get out of this mess? Right now, I think it's still okay. Trouble on the racetrack. Harrison Burton gets turned. He goes up and pounds the outside wall. Hang on to it, man. Hang on to it. 47 jacked him. Finally had it rolling and he just pulled up. Couldn't handle our push. Right rear, red side damage. We got something vibrating a little bit. Maybe tire down. Ford done. It's on fire. They're telling me to get out. All right, well, that's our day. Wiped out a bunch of them. If the 24 wants to do the inside, outside, we're on drop down. Yeah, that's fine. 11 and 24 have not left each other once they've got up front. Big run up. You and 11. Outside, 24 pulled up. Denny Hamlet throws the block. Byron back to the bottom. So that allegiance has been dissolved. Bottom's good if you get clear. Pierce Logano with the move. He'll go to the bottom. Blaney blocks it for a moment, but he can't complete it. Went down there. Blaney was late to it. He's just two lined up down the front here. Here comes Ryan Blaney. A full head of steam at the line. Oh, yeah. Good job. All rolling. Evenly pushed here. Still evenly pushed. Middle, 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 middle three. But fail on this. It's absolutely stupid. I might fail, dude. I'm on your rack up here. The only reason I make a hole is because it looks like you're dragging the ground, but that might just be dust. Hard to tell. There's three of you up top clear there. If you like what's going on, just don't say nothing. This time we're coming. Oh, one car spins. It's Christopher Bell. Hang on to it. Keep coming, keep coming. Nearly collect the inside wall. We split all four guys. We'll probably have flat. Put four on it, guys. Kyle Larson down the super stretch. Here comes your push, still out there. The notch closer to you, notch not clear yet. But here comes Elliott with a shove of a lifetime to the back bumper of Kyle Larson. Come back to the green checker here. And Tyler Reddick gets a little push from Daniel Suarez and loses it. Out of fuel. Pit, 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 pit. Just be ready for him to pull out. Still three back, 99. Coming down to the green and white checkered flag. 31 coming with you, gonna push it. And Chase Elliott wins stage number two. Yeah, buddy. Six foot. Three, two, one. Go, 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 go. Oh, boy. 
left, and the green flag is back in the air. This guy's not working. Like it's 30 knots to go. 6 and 12 are being really aggressive. Quarter, you're clear. On you, tight. Another 40 knots, just go. Don't back up so much. Just low, give me out. Bubba said he's too low. He's just got to get out here. We're down to the final 32 laps to go here at Talladega. Racing just as hard now as they did back on lap number one. Hitting this time. Hitting this time. The six got a speed penalty got to serve here soon. That's bad news for Ryan Blaney, who's benefited from the drafting help from Brad Keselowski. Michael McDowell shoving Eric Jones. They're one and two. They're going to try to break away. Seven laps to go. Caution's out. Caution's out. We've got a stalled car. Is it running at all anymore? No, I got no power. I can take both these pushes, just make sure they're smart about it. No need to water trying to get too much here, doing a stupid push. The white checker here. You've been making it happen all day. You can make the lanes go. Just keep doing what you're doing. Green is back out. Nine is almost clear behind you. Nine got clear. Nine's going to the top. Nine's going to the top. He'll break ranks. He'll go from the bottom across the nose of Eric Jones. 43 is coming to you now. Here comes Elliott up the outside. White flag right here. Both lanes still pushing, still on you. Fans are losing their minds in the infield. They're racing for the Winnendega. He's still on you. Still pushing hard. Here comes Elliott on the outside. 34 is your help. Still outside. Corner. You're clear whatever you need. Clear whatever you need. Stay bottom till I tell you. Ryan Blaney is there. Move up, move up. He won't get there. Yeah! Sorry, guys. Damn it. What a drive, my man. What a drive. You are the man. Congrats, buddy. Welcome to Tracksmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. Don Hall here for another week of NASCAR playoffs. We had Talladega, one of the craziest Talladegas I've ever seen. Uh, clean finish and uh, clean racing. I mean, when have you heard about that at Talladega? But that's what we got. You heard it there courtesy of NASCAR. That's their uh, NASCAR Race Hubs Radioactive. Uh, and uh, it was a good one. And, of course, joining me as always, uh, Mike Haig from RacedaySA.com. Mike, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Dawn. It's good to see you. Good to talk to you. And, uh, wow, what a what a race at Talladega. It, you know what? That was one of the best finishes I think I've ever seen at Talladega. Clean, clean racing. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't, I didn't even know how to react because I'm so used to everybody, you know, just going ape shit crazy there on the final lap and, <laughs> and, you know, it becoming a wreck fest. And, and that didn't happen at all. And, uh, it was kind of nice to see actually. It really was, Dawn. And it was great to see Chase Elliott get the win. We Ooh. finally have a, we we finally have a um, playoff driver getting a victory in the in the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. yep. And, finally, uh, and Blaney finishing second. I was really that's who I was rooting for. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see him get the win because he hasn't won this year other than the All Star race. But how about Michael McDowell third place and then Ross Chastain fourth? I'll just go through the top ten real quick. 
Denny Hamlin gets fifth. Eric Jones here again. Here he is again, Don. Um, you know, finishing strong this year. Sixth place, uh, Eric Jones. Uh, Todd Gilliland, uh, seventh. Another driver that we normally don't see way up in the, you know, in the field like this at the finish. And then he gets seventh. Uh, Daniel Suarez was eighth. Austin Cindric ninth. And Chase Briscoe rounded out the top ten. And uh, I just thought it was uh, one of the better Talladega races we've seen in a number of years. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, you have the information on how many lead changes and everything did we have? Cause I'm sure Dega, usually you have quite a few. Yeah. And what, so we had 57 lead changes among 17 different drivers. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> and like, I think last week we had like 19 different drivers, um, uh, uh, that took the lead there when, when they were at Texas and, um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, uh, only six cautions for 25 laps. Normally we have, you know, mass carnage and wrecks and everything. And and this year, um, you know, it was uh, a rather clean race, you might say. Uh, we didn't tear up the cars. And, and how about that margin of victory, 0. 0.046? Yeah, 0. 0.046 seconds. Uh, that was a close finish. Uh, and, man, Chase really came on there at the end and uh, – and the fans were, you know, when you heard the, you hear the crowd react, they, they got their money's worth, whoever bought a ticket for that race. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, normally we have six cautions in just the last 20 minutes of the race. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and that's a, and that's a low, uh, uh, a low percent right there. But, you know, Mike, I was wondering as I was watching and, and hearing the reaction. Okay. And so let me, let me set the scene though, first of all, because you know, the crowd reaction went nuts. And, and of course, you know, it's the guys in the booth are talking about, you know, the, well, it's NASCAR's most popular driver, blah, blah, blah. But, and then mm-hmm. I think to myself, I'm like, okay, well, Talladega was always Earnhardt country too. I mean, and, and they love the Earnhardt's up there and they always went nuts whenever, uh, junior one and senior one. I, I, I sit here though. And I think to myself, okay. And I'm like, self, <laughs> no, <laughs> I truly, and I'm not trying to be ugly when I ask this, but I really want to know what is the appeal to Chase Elliott fans? What is it about Chase Elliott that, that makes you want to be a fan of his? Is it his dad? You know, is it, is it a, you know, a loyalty to his dad? Is it his driving style? Because Mike, again, not trying to be a bitch, but it certainly cannot be his personality because he has none. (laughs) <laughs> or at least it doesn't come across. Now, I will give him credit, um, and I think we'll hear it here in a little bit when you play the audio probably, but um, when he did a front stretch interview, the first thing I think he did was acknowledge the crowd and stuff, which is great. Um, but he's just so boring. Like, he's I, real, there's real dry. He is, and I just I don't now, understand I, the yeah. appeal of him. And it's not even like he's it, – it transcends over into – I think his racing is boring. I think his style is boring. There's just nothing to me that interests me about Chase Elliott. My husband was a huge Chase Elliott fan um, because he was a Jeff Gordon fan and stuff. So he likes Hendrick drivers. But even in the last couple of years, he's kind of pulled away. And actually now he's more of a track house racing fan. I mean, he's he's really liking Daniel Suarez and, and Ross. Well, he really likes Ross Chastain. But again, it's just there's just it's so I want to like him because he seems like a nice kid. But he just bores me. I have the same feel about him that I used to have for Matt Kenseth. And it wasn't until I saw, you know, and, and like 
Matt Kenseth out of the racing element and, you know, like got to hear him talk and you, you know, cause we would hear all these stories about how funny he is and he has a great personality and a great sense of humor. And like, well, where the hell is it? Cause I never saw it. He was, he, we used to call him burnt toast. Remember? <laughs> yeah, I uh, remember. <laughs> but, um, that's my, my, my question is I just, I don't, I was watching him there and I'm like, I just don't get what makes Chase Elliott other than being Bill Elliott's son and he drives for Hendrick Motorsports, what makes him so popular among fans? Yeah. Well, you know, he, uh, the fans like him, but you know, I, I was looking at that poster behind you there with Dale Earnhardt oh. junior and senior there. And, and I think about, you know, father and son and, and, um, you know, we know senior had a hell of a personality and was a popular guy. And then you look at junior and junior had his own style and the fans loved him and everything. When I think about chase Elliott, you know, his, his dad was, you know, cool and had the, the, the accent, you know, the Georgian accent and everything and Dawsonville and talked to talk a certain way and their certain dialect and everything. But chase just seems so dry and, and, and almost like, you know, like a robot almost, you know, he comes in the media center and he just, there's no laughing, no person, you know, we don't see any of that. Uh, a lot of times these, some of these drivers come in and they, they, when they get off from the, away from the camera and they're, they're just being interviewed with the media. Sometimes we get them to see the, the different side of them. We, we, a lot of the, the reporters can, and you're good at this when you ask questions, so like that, I mean, look at this the stuff we've gotten out of Brad Keselowski before, you know, mm-hmm. questions that I've seen you ask him and just, and other drivers that we've had on over the years and stuff, but Chase is just so boring. Uh, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I like, I like the kid and I've seen him, you know, move up through the ranks and been fortunate enough to cover him and interview him before, but, um, but I tell you what, he's leading the, the point standings right now. <laughs> Right. So he's, he's like, kiss my ass, Don Hall. I mean, I'm, I'm winning um, up 32 points over Ryan Blaney. Let me just run through the list real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if the cutoff was today, the top eight would be uh, Blaney would be in second. Uh, Ross Chastain is in third. Hamlin is in fourth. Logano's uh, fifth right now. Kyle Larson is sixth. William Byron with all the stuff. We'll talk about him. He's up to seventh and Daniel Suarez is eighth. Eighth and then below the cut line right now is Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. So uh, the uh, race this weekend at uh, Charlotte's going to be real important. And, you know, Chase does well there. So I would not be surprised to see him in victory lane again. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's funny, Mike, because I'll, I'll go back real quick to my comment on Chase Elliott. You know, I watch on Thursday nights, of course, the Racing to the Championship uh, document or docuseries that's on USA Network. And a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about they were profiling Ryan Newman. I mean, Ryan Newman. Hello, Ryan Blaney. And yeah. they and uh, I can't remember who it is, if it was it wasn't Caitlin. Um, who was it that was talking about it? But they basically said he's NASCAR's he is NASCAR's rock star. He's the closest thing to a rock star to a superstar. And I'm like, What? Like, I don't see that either. I mean, there's no, but then they start showing and it's like, okay, he's been in some TV series and stuff and he's done some, some little cameos and stuff, things that I didn't even realize he had done, but like, but Ryan Blaney compared to Chase Elliott has like, 
uber day. personality, you yeah, know, yeah. night and day. <laughs> right, right. But, um, but I, I don't even see Ryan Blaney as being rock star. I mean, you know, if you want to, and I know this will really chap a lot of people's ass when I say this, but if you want to say NASCAR's rock star right now, the rock star would be Bubba Wallace. I mean, yeah. if, if you ask people outside of the sport who don't know anything about NASCAR, you know, to name a NASCAR driver, I think right now that's who's going to get named. Yeah. <laughs> and I guarantee you, Mike, while he may be NASCAR's, here's the difference. And, and again, I'm going to come off as the Homer, but here's the difference. Dale Jr., NASCAR's most popular driver. You didn't have to watch NASCAR. You never even needed to watch one lick of NASCAR, but you knew who Dale Earnhardt Jr. was. Yeah. If I ask people to name me five drivers, current drivers right now, NASCAR, if I ask non-NASCAR fans, I guarantee you I can't even get them to name three. And I guarantee you out of those three, Chase Elliott isn't one of the names that comes out of their mouth. No, and if you ask them the names of NASCAR drivers, you're going to tell you Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, you know, guys that have already and Bubba Wallace because you know, retired. <laughs> right. No, I, I mean that was just my point. I, and and again, I'm not. I guess I am doing it in a bashing way, but I I'm just confused, and I would love for some, you know, I mean, well, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook and stuff, and just let me know. I mean, what is it? What is the appeal? What makes you want to go out and buy merchandise and buy, you know, and and like be an Uber Chase Elliott fan? Yeah, and I I don't see like you know I I was a high school teacher for thirty years and retired a couple of years ago, and I'm back in the classroom now just doing some subbing, but I don't see any of the high school kids wearing Chase Elliott shirts. Yeah, My son's in college. I'm on the campus of Baylor uh, often and see a lot of, my daughter went to A&M and, you know, I was up there a lot to see her, but I don't see college kids, you know, who I could see identifying with Chase, but I don't see them identifying with Chase, you know? So it's just my question. I mean, so, so, who are these fans? And well, there was a shit ton of them in Talladega. So, <laughs> and and you know, we'll hear we're we're going to hear from that. I know you've got audio um, after Chase's win. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, there was over a hundred thousand of them cheering there at Talladega for his win. So, I I guess I need to. But and again, I'm not denying that he's possibly the most popular driver in NASCAR. I mean, he's been voted that way. I just want to know what the appeal is. That's just my thing. So. I agree. I mean, at least his dad had personal. And I mean, his dad wasn't like a, I mean, it wasn't like he was just, you know, oozing with personal, but his dad was like the nice guy, like the nice Southern, you know, awesome bail from Dawson bail, you know, that kind of things. So I, I, there's just not, there's not even like a catchphrase for, <laughs> for Chase. I mean, there's, oh. it's just Chase Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Well, anyway, you want to hear the first uh, clip we have? From Chase Elliott. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> this is courtesy of Fox Sports. I mean, Fox Sports, courtesy of NASCAR and, uh, and NBC. This is Chase being interviewed on the front straight away after the win. And you'll hear the fans that you talked about as well. So here we go. After the rough race at Texas, you guys kind of needed something like this, Chase. So walk me through, though, those final two laps and the push from Eric Jones. Yeah, well, first, how about these fans, man? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. I, uh, you know, moments like that you have to you have to really cherish, and and uh, you guys are what makes this special to me. So thank you uh, sincerely. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a wild last couple laps. You know, I, I didn't, I wasn't super crazy about being on the bottom, um, and fortunately got just clear enough off of two uh, to slide up in front of Eric, and he gave me some great shoves. Uh, obviously, a, a team Chevy partner there, and, and yeah, just had a had a good enough run to get out front, and then was able to you know stay far enough in front of Ryan here at the line to to get it done. So uh, these things are so so hard to win. You got to enjoy them and. Uh, just appreciate everybody's effort today. Uh, Napa, um, Chevrolet, all of our partners that make this happen. Everybody, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, the engine shop. Uh, the boss is here, so excited yeah. to celebrate with him and uh, get ready to go to the Roval and, and try to grab another one. But thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, great crowd and great show. You guys have had a rough playoff chase. Darlington, you think about Texas last week. How will this change the momentum for the nine team? Well, it gets you through the next one, and, and that's all you can ask for is just to have more opportunities, and that's really what this is about. So, uh, and we got you know six more playoff points to go uh, with that win today. So it's a big deal, and we're uh, you know excited for these final final handful of events, and, and hopefully we can make it out to Phoenix and give them a run. How about for you this year? You win in Atlanta in front of your other hometown fans here in Talladega. Yeah, I know it's uh, yeah North Georgia is not very far from here, so it, it uh, definitely makes it feel like a home race and. Again, always special and, and never take that for granted. So thank you guys so much. And Dad has won here a couple of times as well. Chase Elliott in victory lane at Talladega and into the round of eight, Dave. And there you go, Don. And you heard the crowd in the background there. Uh, they uh, they definitely, um, they love them. And there's yeah. something they see that we don't see. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Maybe they Maybe. just see a, a a good driver, and that's just what they like. I, I I don't. I like the whole package, you know, in my opinion. So I I because because to me they're all good drivers. I mean, and the majority of them are great drivers at that. So I like a little personality. I mean, I do too. hell, I I would like I would understand liking Kyle Busch more than I. I mean, like tenfold more than i would understanding liking chase elliott i just don't i don't get the appeal but it is you know to each his own so i mean you know it, there's a lot of people that hate ross chastain and i like him so I, I i get it you know and that's what makes the sport great is that there's something for everybody there but but please feel free to hit me up and let me know what it is about chase elliott that appeals to you so um, now, I know he talked about Ryan Blaney, and we talked about Ryan Blaney. So uh, I know you've got some audio from old Blaney. Yeah, here's Blaney being interviewed on the front stretch, and here's what Blaney had to say. Marty, the driver that we thought was going to have it in hand, but I guess you never know at Talladega, was Ryan Blaney. You've watched the replay now. You saw how they came around the outside there. Could you have thrown that block? Um, I, yeah, I definitely I thought about it. And... Um... You know, the middle was, or the second lane was kind of the strongest, like, definitely the second half of the race, and I thought about it, and I, but I was just, when you go to the middle, and you don't have a, you know, a forward or a teammate behind you, your chances of getting split are just so high, and um, as much as I trust Chase, I don't trust him not to take me three wide and leave me in the middle, so I, I just chose to stay down in front of Michael, and, and he was awesome at pushing me the last restart, and just, just giving me great shots, and, and, um, just a little bit too late. I maybe I could have went fake the top, go to the bottom there on the front stretch. I don't know if I would have got there anyway. But um, overall, not a bad day. Um, just 
I'm probably going to replay in my head like five different things I could have done different, but overall not a bad day. Appreciate the effort by Menards and appreciate Dutch Boy and Ford for what they do and um, going to next week. I was going to say highest non-winner in points. How does that feel going to the Rubble? Uh, I'm happy we're in a decent spot on points. I really want to win, though. <laughs> the W would have guaranteed everything, Rick. Yes, it would, Don. And I tell you, um, you know, uh, he won the uh, – the all-star race at Texas earlier this year. And, um, uh, you, you know, I would have thought that Blaney would have already scored a victory by now. I still say with a few races left, I still think he's going to get a victory. It's probably going to happen at the last race at Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it possibly could, it, but it could, it could happen this weekend too. I mean, you know, the Roval, I know everybody's like, okay, Chase, because they look at it as a road course, you yeah. know, and, but all season at the road courses, it, you know, it's, oh, Chase Elliott is a favorite. Chase Elliott is a favorite. And um, he, I mean, unless I'm wrong, I don't think he's won this season at a road course race. So, um, in fact, he's kind of had some struggles at a, at a few of them. So, you know, yeah. there's no guarantee. Again, we say every week with this car, especially, there is no guarantee you cannot, I mean, you can say, okay, so-and-so is a favorite, but really and truly, I mean, it's, it's anybody's race weekend. Hell, Michael McDowell, uh, they talked to him during the, uh, after the race. And he even said he feels extremely confident going into, he loves to drive road course races. And he said he felt really, really confident going into this weekend's race. So, uh, which by the way, we've got two IndyCar drivers that are going to be in this weekend's race. We, we need to talk about that too, during the, uh, Roval preview, um, but but that's going to be cool. So we'll have uh, two guys from the IndyCar series who sure. will be racing this weekend. But uh, all right, well, Mike, you know, Dega again. Though we didn't walk out of there without some drama. Mm -hmm. um, there was some drama and stuff that went on. This week has just been crazy. So you had Harvick gets penalized, or Harvick's team gets penalized, and, and penalized big. We're talking like the same penalty that Brad Keselowski's team got earlier in the season. Kevin Harvick. Worst timing in the world for him to get hit with the penalty that he did, but he loses his crew chief, Rodney Childers, for the next four races. I think, Rodney, doesn't he come back like the final race of the season or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. I think it's the, the race at Phoenix. He's eligible to come back. That that penalty right there kicked us off, kicked the week off. Um, we were all and kind of Didn't like, he get hit with a $100,000 fine? I believe so. In fact, I'm looking for it. Um, yeah, he was docked... Um, yeah, fine a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, fine hundred K and then docked uh hundred uh the team a hundred points and um Rodney Childers suspended for four races. So um, crazy. That that was crazy. So the incidents that I was talking about were, of course happened at Texas yeah. uh, between William Byron and and Denny Hamlin. Um but this week I, I guess they appealed the decision, William Byron did, because Ty Gibbs had a penalty too. But William Byron appealed his decision, and they won. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it's kind of weird, Mike, because this week there has been a lot of stuff. I mean, after Texas, there was a lot of of bashing by drivers, Denny Hamlin being one of them. He went after Goodyear, both in tweets and stuff. And, and then, you know, you've had Harvick going after the car pretty much all season. You've had Martin Truex Jr. going after the car all season. Um, several drivers, you know, been going after the car, um, this, this new car and stuff and the safety of it or whatnot. But the two most outspoken, I think, lately have been Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Now, mm -hmm. interesting 
and again, if I was a conspiracy theorist, (laughs) my eyebrows would be raised here. Um, Actually, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. My eyebrows are still raised because I find it very interesting that this week, the two most outspoken people end up with feeling the brunt of these penalties in different ways. I mean, Kevin Harvick feels the brunt of it. Now, while Denny Hamlin doesn't feel the brunt of a penalty, what what did happen is there was shit that went down. Okay, and it went down under a caution. All right. And William Byron admitted to it. I mean, came out, you know, two two times, but in his post-race interview came out and said, you know, basically like, look, I'm tired of people thinking I'm some little punk or whatever. I'm not going to, you know, yeah, I did it. And I'm, I, I must keep standing up for myself. I'm not taking this anymore. So admitted to it again. And then NASCAR's mistake, I agree with Dell Jr. What he said a couple of weeks ago is, NASCAR should have never have admitted that they didn't see anything or see the incident. That was mistake number one, because it's like, what the hell are y'all watching? You've got cameras everywhere and people, you know, what are you watching? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but basically it's kind of like just a kick in the teeth to Denny Hamlin because, you know, it really screwed with him and, you know, and his car and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, And here's the thing is if Denny would have reacted, you know, which he did, but I mean, if it could have went a lot worse for Denny Hamlin and, The other thing, the the other question, Mike, that's being asked is if the shoe was on the other foot, if this incident had been reversed, would this would this have happened? Would would this penalty? If, would Denny Hamlin have gotten a penalty rescinded on him? That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, and let's face it, NASCAR doesn't rescind penalties very often. No, you don't usually see them do that. Mm-mm. So that was kind of interesting, but they did. Increase the the fine the the money value went up to a hundred thousand dollars, which is weird because it's kind of like saying we know you did wrong, but we're not going to take the points away from. I I don't I I just I don't know I don't get it. It's like like they're having to pay for points. The the consistency to be back. inconsistent. <laughs> they're very yeah. That's one thing about NASCAR. They are consistent. They're very consistent on being inconsistent. Yeah. So. so that was that was interesting, uh, Mike. And b- because of that, you know, like we said, there was a lot of talk that dealt with this next gen car, which like I just is it just me again. I find this so odd that this is such a hot topic issue right now. I know there was a hand, a couple of drivers. I named them Harvick, Truex and Hamlin has come in late like late to the game in it. Like, I don't think he's been bitching a lot during the season. He did a little, but not a lot. It was, it was a lot of Harvick and Truex and you and I were chalking it up a lot of it to frustration without, because they weren't winning. Um, I still think that's part of it. I do too, because I just find it weird. What I find weird, Dawn, is all of a sudden, like here, it's an issue. Now we, we saw some great races this year. We had a, you know, almost a record number of driver, different drivers, get wins this year and and we've seen people who normally don't finish in the top 10 finish in the top 10 or top five and we just seen a lot more of a level playing field and all of a sudden now it's like after the kurt bush wreck and then he gets the concussion and now now it's all of a sudden it's a, it's a big deal and we need to not race his car anymore and we need to scrap it and redesign it we're going to hear from denny in a few minutes about that and it's just it's just weird that all of a sudden it's an issue when it, we weren't hearing this back in you know March, April, and May, right? Well, and now that you said that about the Kurt Busch thing, I guess at first I was going to question even it being a matter. Like to me, Martin Truex, I don't think Martin Truex 
unless I've missed it, his complaints were never about safety. It's always been parts is what I always heard. Like, it was like, oh, well, these parts are crap. And, you know, I mean. Was, it, wasn't Harvard complaining about the same thing, too? And- yeah. Yeah. About parts and stuff. And then all of a sudden it became like this safety issue well that i know that they complained about the hits a little bit about the hits yeah. being a little harder in the car yes because they were starting to do the mouth guards and stuff but like it was never to the point it is now here's my other thing too is and this has been brought up in the past as well yes and i i don't want to take away from what's going on with kurt bush or alex bowman or cody Ware or any i mean because you know concussions are serious these guys have just happened to a admit to them <laughs> b now take the the uh steps necessary um when it comes to getting themselves better and not putting themselves out there you know to to putting themselves in the car when they shouldn't be but that's a decision a because we have a different protocol now that mm-hmm. checks it but also that's just drivers being honest yeah. and Who's to say, Mike? I mean, we don't know. There's been, you know, that there have been numerous drivers over the last few years. Um, I can guarantee you there was probably at least five drivers last year that were concussed at one point or another, but didn't admit to being concussed. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's funny you bring this up because this week on the Dell Jr. Download, we keep referring back to Dell Jr. Download for some reason, but there's great source of information, great podcasts. This week, he talked about that for a long time. They spent maybe first hour or so on the show talking about the next-gen car, about concussions. And we know that Junior, you know, he went through all this a few years ago when I, I think that was his last year that he was racing mm-hmm. um, when he had when he set out for so long and everything. And But um, he brought this same issue up. And one of the things he was saying, he said he talked about some of the drivers not wanting to come forward because they want to keep racing. They don't want to be sidelined. Mm-hmm. So who else out there is is messed up right now? Who else needs to sit out? Who else, you know, is in danger of really screwing themselves up looking for, going forward? And that that's something that um I hope NASCAR is looking at and I hope the drivers are thinking about because this is this is serious stuff here. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, look, and I'm not saying this is the same situation that Kyle was in, but um you know, these, especially older drivers, they don't want to, you know, give some young kid, some young and up and coming kid or somebody's grandson or somebody's brother-in-law or whatever. They don't want to give them that opportunity to get in that car and show what they can do to potential sponsors. That's true. And and another thing that came up on the Dell Jr. Download was this race. There were some drivers that admitted that they purposely held back because they were worried about getting taken a hit in his car. And one of them was Noah Gregson. And and he talked about that. Adele talked about that, that Noah was, um, you know, he didn't really want to chance, you know, getting in a, in a big wreck and everything uh, in that race. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's an up and coming driver and, and I, I, I can't blame him. And when we, when we talk, we hear from some of these drivers talking about the car and everything, that it needs to be redesigned. That's part of it. They're 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 worried. They're and they don't want to mess up, you know, or get hurt where they have to sit out next season, you know, mm-hmm. as well. So so it, it's a very interesting topic. 
It is. It, it It's very interesting because it's transcending to outside of racing. I mean, we we're experiencing right now with the NFL with, you know, uh, with some of the stuff that's gone down in the last couple of weeks. Um, well, the quarterback know, from Miami, what to, to, uh, um, to, yeah, I never can pronounce his tail or he's going through that right now. One thing I did learn this week that I did not realize at every NASCAR race, you know, there's the infield care center mm-hmm. staff it with, you know, medical staff and everything, but, I didn't realize that they keep now a neurosurgeon on hand. He's there at every race, a neurosurgeon, and every driver who gets in a wreck, it's mandatory that you go to the in, in you know the infield uh, care center. But they're evaluated by a neurosurgeon. Well, that's neuro- good. neurologist, and that, I think that's good, and that's probably why we're seeing these drivers. You know, they're getting identified that there's a serious issue here, and and. Um, and that, luckily, NASCAR is taking you know a, a stance on that 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 we need to you need to sit out you need to you know go through the protocols because this is serious. Hopefully, yeah. they'll, they'll continue that as well. Well, Mike, we've had several drivers, including Chase Elliott, um, who were vocal or a little vocal over the last week or so on this car. Um, and I know you've got some audio from different ones. So let's go ahead and uh, explain to us who we've got and what we're about to hear. So the first one we're going to hear from Chase, what he thinks about the next gen car here. So here's Chase Elliott um, this past weekend at Talladega talking about this. Seems like they want to get together and, and talk this weekend, which is good. You hope that we can find a you know, find a path forward or just, you know, there's still some racing left this year. So, you know, I think it's a bit unreasonable to ask for a fix that can happen overnight in, in the closing month of our season. I mean, that, that's just a, that's a tall ask. I mean, is that, is that reasonable to do with all the logistics that it would take to do that at this point? Probably not. And I think that's where my frustration is lied is because I recognize the logistical needs to make something like that happen is, is probably unreasonable to do at this junction of the year, but we should not have been in the position to have needed this type of change. And, and then to see, you know, some of the guys taking some of the hits that they've, they've taken and being injured from them. You know, I look at Alex's wreck is a great example. I mean, I just, I, I wholeheartedly believe that he should not have received a concussion from, from that. Have you been speaking out behind the scenes to the sanctioning body prior to this? And and how far back have, have you been expressing your concerns? There was a lot of expressing done, you know, even through the winter last year and, and maybe even as far back as last, you know, towards the end of the season last fall. You know, I, I remember some conversations being had and, and, you know, some comments and concerns being made of, of some of these exact things that, that we're seeing. So I think that's frustrating, you know, in a, in a sense. I wish that, you know, again, I wish we just weren't in the position that we've been in. So, yes, it's been discussed for a long time. My stance on it was, hey, as long as we can all look at each other in the eyes next year and, and confidently say that we're going forward, then you won't hear anything out of me. And if not, then then at that point, I will speak up. So I tried to just give it ample time to make the right decisions and, and make sure we were going the right, right direction. And if we didn't go the right direction, you know, try to fix things as quickly as possible. When you, when you see some of your friends and your competitors go down at that point, it's like, okay, we got to, we got to get on this and get it fixed. Um, it sounds like we're going the right direction now. 
um, hate that we're in the position that, that we're in. Okay, there you go, Don. It kind of cuts it off um, on the audio there. But the uh, uh, one thing I was going to say, uh, listen to what he has to say, I think there's not enough time with the handful of races left to do anything now. But what I'm concerned about is the off season is short. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple months, tops, 60 days maybe, from the time that we end in November till we come back in early February. They're going to have to figure this out quick, quickly. They're going to have to make some changes quickly. This is going to be costly for the teams as well. And I think NASCAR should bear some of the responsibility and maybe the the, the financial, uh, you know, impact on, on this because it's going to cost these teams that they have to really change this car around. And, and I think they're mainly talking about the rear clip of the car. Okay. Well, yeah. and, you know, again, I'm, I mean, I'm being nitty here, but <laughs> he said something about, you know, that he, what, looking back, you know, that Alex Bowman shouldn't have been concussed after that wreck, you know, well, I mean, this is going to be really bad of me to say, but Dylan Hart senior shouldn't have died. I mean, looking at the wreck that he had, it didn't look like it was that much, you know, Michael. Okay. And here I'll, I'll even go in the reverse. Michael McDowell shouldn't be alive after the wreck he had at texas motor speedway a few years ago but because of the safety of the car and stuff he was able to walk away so i mean i i know i'm comparing apples to oranges but you can't you can't say stuff like that when it comes to wrecks i mean we have seen guys go end over end we've seen guys on fire we've seen all kinds of stuff mike and guys have walked away and then we've seen wrecks that didn't look like anything and we've seen guys get two legs broke and you know someone die and someone hurt their back and i you just you know it is what it is speaking of fire let's switch gears real quick and then we'll come right back how about jordan anderson this weekend was that a wild wreck (laughs) that was a crazy wreck i mean because like i told you at first i didn't realize because i i only saw i didn't see the race so i saw video of it afterwards and i'm like what the hell? Like, did he just get ejected from the truck when he hit the info, the uh, safer barrier? And then I realized, uh, well, no, it's because he was on fire. So he was already unbuckled and everything and looking for a place to just jump out. And I'm guessing that did he not have brakes or anything or control? So he had to stop it somehow or something. I don't know. But it, it just he looked like a piece of bread coming out of a toaster. It just flung <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like he had a e- like he had an eject button, you know. He hit the wall and hit the eject, like on an airplane going out the you know, the cockpit. <laughs> that was that was crazy, but, but uh, yeah, that was. Now, anyway, Mike. I I mean, I'm sorry, you know, but I also think you a lot of blame has to go yes on NASCAR and the car and stuff. Although I hesitate to blame NASCAR when it comes to safety things because NASCAR has been on the leading forefront of safety, you know, when it comes to motorsports for years. And I mean, and these cars are some of the safest things, but some of this also has to go on training, on physical training too, on, on, on the driver themselves. And there are guys that train their asses off and, you know, I mean, don't get hurt. And then there's a, it but it just doesn't matter mike you hit a wall a certain way at a certain angle at a certain you know whatever and anything can happen that that's what i'm saying so i don't i'm not discrediting that there's stuff going on with this car that that's been an issue that they've talked about 
I just don't understand why all of a sudden we're making it's been some of the best racing. So yes, I understand that it's not perfect, but it's the first year of this car. And instead, in my opinion, instead of coming out these drivers and being so damn like attacking it, be more like how Chase Elliott just was and say, look, this is an issue. And I understand it, but I also understand that bitching and complaining about it right now, it's not going to get accomplished anything accomplished. So let's get together Will you work with us? Let's work on a solution. I get to me, that's the the way to go about this. Yeah, you're right. And uh, well, Denny Hamlin thinks that the whole car should be redesigned almost. Uh Uh-huh. And that's what's crazy about this. And and I wonder if NASCAR, you know, we'll hear from him in just a second. But I wonder if NASCAR was rushed this car too, too, too fast to get it out there. Do you think so, though? We've been talking about this car for months, I mean, or for years, for like at least three years. I don't think so, but I'm wondering now, could they have, you know, pushed it out there? I mean, we know that in testing last year, some of the drivers were talking about, you know, they they had some concerns. And I know William Byron uh, had, a, had an accident uh, at one of the tracks he was testing at and got out of the car and said that was a hard hit. Hmm. And I did, and Dale Jr. brought that up on the download uh, this week as well. So, um, but I don't know. I, 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 you know, I have to put it in the back of my head and just kind of wonder. Yeah, I don't know, Mike. I and, mean, again, I, I guess it's just because I had never heard that. Um, so yeah. that's news to me, you telling me that. But all I ever heard before this car was released, the negatives to it was how it was going to put people out of jobs and it was expensive. Yeah. Those were the only two things that I ever heard were issues with this car. Um, I, I had never personally heard on like the safety side of things, but, um, but again, you know, it's like, okay, but it's the first year, you know, I mean, so I don't know, but let's hear from Denny and see what, so what, so what did old Denny have to say? Well, we have two from Denny. We'll hear the first one. Uh, Bob Pockers asked him a few questions. Um, and here's what he had to say about possibly doing a complete redesign on this car. Is a new rear clip? Is that the is that the main goal or the main fix right now? I think it's the main goal right now for for NASCAR. It is to change the rear clip. Uh, the car needs to be redesigned. That it needs a full redesign. I mean, it can be still be called next gen, but it needs to be redesigned. We brought up this these concerns with NASCAR um, last winter. Um, we actually, as the drivers, didn't do that docu series last year because we didn't feel comfortable with this next gen car and the safety, uh, the lack of safety testing that had been done before they started announcing that they were going to run it. Um, so it's just we we threw up red flags over a year ago and they just didn't respond. They just kept pushing that this car's got to be on the racetrack at all cost. At all cost. Any more trepidation racing here at Talladega with this car than in the past? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you, you know, there's a higher risk. I mean, we all know there's a higher risk. I know that, you know, the, the Talladega wreck here at, uh, that Kurt took, you know, was a factor in him being permanently hurt, you know, season, you know, threatening or ending this year because of one of the tough hits he took here coming to the line in the spring. So it's just, it all adds up. All these hits add up. They don't just, Okay, you survived this one. You're good to go for a next one. Like we saw with Tua, right? It's you can't just keep getting hit, 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 and nothing happened. I know a lot of these young guys are just happy to be here, but 
they ain't going to be happy to be here when their brains are scrambled for the rest of their lives. Wow. That's pretty strong words, Don. Yeah. But then he's been, I mean, he's been tough on all kinds of shit over the last two weeks. So he's not pulling any punches with anyone. He's also a car owner now. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, got two, two things to worry about himself as a driver, but he's got an investment now in the, in the car and his team and himself. So um, a lot of that, uh, you know, is the car owner and him coming out because it's going to hit him financially as well, you know, in the, in the pocketbook. It could if they had to do a bunch of, you know, redesigning this car. And, and um, it's interesting that he said that a lot of red flags went up a year ago. They were warned about it. And now we're just finding that out. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, the other thing, Mike, is, and I say this honestly, because when it comes to them, when they get technical, now there's a lot of technical stuff that I do understand. And that's just from 20 something years of covering yeah. the sport and hearing them talk about. Okay, so. I'm a little confused, but it's just because I'm naive when it comes to car parts and stuff. But here he's talking about the rear clip needing to be, which AI just need to know about what that means in general. But then if it's just so to me, there was a contradiction there because Pacris asked him, you know, so is it the rear clip that we're talking about? Is that really what? And he's like, yes, that's the main thing that we need. But then he said, but we need a whole redesign of the car. Okay, well. You just said it was just the rear clip. So then why is is that part, does that one part constitute uh, an entire redesign on the cars? You know, the, I don't know, because I don't understand. I don't know what the, oh, I'm sorry, what the hell a rear clip does. Or That is one thing that I don't, I don't know what that terminology is, so. Well, you know, it's, it's like you're asking for a slice of pie. He's asking for the whole pie. You know, yeah. The rear clip, the rear clip has to do with the uh, back of the car, with the suspension and the uh, and the and the roll cage and everything. That you know, you can actually, uh, if that gets damaged, you can cut that off and put a new one on. Okay. And and the same thing with the front clip. Um, that's why if they wreck a car, you don't have to trash the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's and it gets more technical than that, but that's kind of basically what uh, I believe they're they're referring to there. Um, I'm not an expert either on the all this technical stuff. We need somebody like Larry Mack or somebody to come on here, Dr. Jerry Punch or somebody that who uh, used to do those car segments, you know, when they had the cutaway car and everything to explain it. But um, well, yeah. you know what? That's a great point. Maybe I need to reach out um, maybe to, to Jeff Hammond. I talk to him quite a bit on yeah. Facebook sometimes. Maybe I'll reach out to him because I, and and Mike from a meet, and I'm not saying that Bob, Bob's been around the sport for a long time. So Bob may know, but I'm just telling you as this girl in the media who I just admitted that doesn't know a lot about that. But when you're around the sport enough to hear guys talk about stuff, like you may not even know what it is that they're, or you know, the name, but you may not know what it does, but you know enough to ask a question <laughs> because it's what they've been complaining about the whole time. So yeah. like I could have listened to some stuff. And again, I'm not saying that this is what Bob did. I'm just saying that a lot of times this is what media does is, you know, every week if somebody's talking about something, well, then you already know what to ask them. doesn't mean I understand what I'm asking them. I'm just asking the question because it's what he's been talking about. So I wish that they would kind of go into that and explain because I think to the layman NASCAR fan, they have no clue what it is that these guys are talking about other than they don't feel safe in the car. Well, explain to me what it is that you don't feel safe like, what is it that's going on in the car that's making you feel unsafe? Yeah. 
Well, one of the things that Dale Jr. was talking about this week on the download was the uh, the head uh, the, the padding around the head compartment of the car and how that should be designed because of the head getting, I know they have the Hans device, but the head still gets knocked around. And he talked about some ways to fix that. And, 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 and sometimes uh, that is be really, really looked at. Junior was saying that sometimes the drivers get by and they don't have that. They get away with that NASCAR inspects for that, but sometimes it's overlooked. And then sometimes these head injuries as a result of, not having the right padding and, and everything, you know, done in, in the right manner that NASCAR reacquires. So, mm -hmm. but it, it's really interesting, but i tell you one thing. Uh, Denny has really been speaking out on this. He's been very vocal, like you said. Mm -hmm. And so he, uh, Dustin Long um, from NBC Sports asked him a question about that. And here's what, I'm going to play this one, Don, if you don't mind. He, this is him talking about the importance of speaking out and the importance of other drivers to speak out because, you know, they're not, he's not going to be around much longer, you know, Denny's getting close to the end of his career. So anyway, here's what Denny had to say. We can't drivers do it alone. I, yeah. I mean, we can't do it alone though. I mean, the other guys, they'll, they'll bitch and moan to us, but they, they, you know, they need to have their voice heard as well. They're going to be in the sport for a long time. And, you know, when me and Kevin are gone, you know, someone has to step up and be the voice of reason and, and call things as they are. Um, you know, I know a lot of these young guys are just happy to be here, but they ain't going to be happy to be here when their brains are scrambled for the rest of their lives. You were saying earlier, you were saying earlier that, you know, um, you feel like you weren't being able to talk to NASCAR and NASCAR wasn't listening, but don't you go through Jeff Burton and then, well, they listen and they'll tell you they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear to make you think that they're doing something. But in the end, they got more problems than they have people to handle it. And was there ever a chance that you guys would boycott? There was rumors. I don't know that, that you know, that the Internet says that you said we, we may have to do something or, you know, we get to the point where we do something. What would you do? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we haven't got anywhere uh, near that point. But uh, certainly in the end, every Anyway, it got cut off again. It, it's part of the audio that we uh, that we used there. But he talked about the brain being scrambled again. That quote came back again. One of the things, um, you know, Don, they talked about was, um, you know, the, again, the importance of speaking out and everything. But um, uh, <clears throat> NASCAR really needs to look at this because <clears throat> there could be a boycott. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it coming this season unless something happens, you know, at the Roval or uh, or one of these races, I mean, I could, I don't see him boycotting the, like the Phoenix race, the season ending race, but I do see him. They don't make the, the right changes that the drivers are happy with. I could see the start of the 2023 season being either delayed or not happening at all if there is a boycott, but I don't know. I, I, I don't I, see that ever happening. Too much money I involved. Right. It's NASCAR is not like the NFL or Major League Baseball. There are sponsors that that they are. I mean, these drivers, yes, these drivers get salaries and they're paid or whatever. But in the end, there are sponsors. And you know what? There are plenty of other drivers that are willing to say, you know what? OK, well, here's an example. Denny's just complaining about these young drivers who don't want to talk and who need to step up and talk. Yeah. I guarantee you those same drivers will not boycott. 
uh, if they're not willing to talk. And, you know, and and I, I understand what Denny's saying, but let me I this is how I hear Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin wants other people to bitch. So it's not just Denny Hamlin bitching. Yeah. But and it's not because he wants other people bitching. He <laughs> because all we talk about is Denny Hamlin is bitching because Denny is getting looked at and yeah, he's also an owner too, you know, but mm-hmm. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has been out of the sport for five years. And, you know, when it comes to vocal people being vocal, he is the most vocal person and he's yeah. not even in the garage anymore. But NASCAR tends to really listen to him. They do. And, you know, but I, but I think it's because Junior doesn't ever come at them the way that, and this is the thing too, Mike. You're is, right. You're right. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. He is so inside and like the drivers trust him and talk to him that when you said earlier about, you were talking about some of the issues and like, well, we haven't heard these like why all of a sudden that's what shocks me too is why haven't I, I mean, you would think junior would have been talking about this because this is his wheelhouse. I mean, the, the concussions and, and all of that yeah. is his deal. You well, would think he would have been talking about this and pushing this and pushing this and saying something, but mm-hmm. yet he's just now doing it because it's just now, because I think he's hearing about it the same way we all have been over. That's where I'm confused at when they talk about all this stuff that's gone down. Cause he's a car owner, you know, yeah. while, while it's in the Xfinity series. He's still he's in there. He knows, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he's considering possibly filled in a cup team at some point. And so, he's had Denny, he's had all these guys on his show this season. So oh, where yeah. where was this talk? Because I unless I missed it, I don't remember this conversation happening with Denny when he no. was on the during, you know. And you would think if Denny was smart, that's the guy you do it on his show. When you've got an issue, that's the show to do it on, and that's where you say it because that audience and you know, NASCAR listens because oh, yeah. we've They're seen watching. it happen because of it being spoken about on Dale Jr.'s download. <laughs> exactly. So. Speaking, of, speaking of speaking out, one of the younger drivers that did speak out is Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. No, he, he's, he's, he's still considered one of the more younger drivers in the uh, series. So here's what Kyle had to say. I want to play this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. I mean, I am. I think, I think, you know, there's always, I feel like we're given the narrative in the beginning of the season to say what we're supposed to say. Um, and, you know, that, that only benefits NASCAR. So I think when it gets to a point now where, you know, we're all fed up and you know, you have two of the most experienced guys in the sport with the two you know, biggest voices um, speaking out on the driver's behalves, um, is good, um, you know, and that's what a lot of times makes change, so uh, or starts the process, anyways. So I think it's good, and um, you see more drivers you know, speaking up now, and um, you know, I think a lot of the young guys, even myself, I put that category. Like I'm not that outspoken because I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel knowledgeable enough uh, on it. But um, it is important for all of us to speak out, not just a couple guys. So safe to say that, you know, some drivers have waited, been more a little more reserved uh, for those guys like Hamlin and Harvick to speak out before they jumped in. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, I mean, those those two guys have had 
had the most experience. They've been through multiple generations of cars. They've probably had the most hits out of all of us. And, and um, you know, they, they are more apt to, you know, their, their, their words, you know, you know, way a little heavier than, than some of ours, but um, yeah, no, it's good. I, I've, I've enjoyed seeing Kevin being very outspoken. And I think because of him going through the things that he's gone through with fires and just dumb stuff happening. Um, that's why I think NASCAR's like been quicker to at least try and say that they're working on stuff. And there you go, Don. I think it's important that they are speaking out and uh, this is good for, for, for the sport and they need to, you know, and, and NASCAR needs to listen. And I think in in the long run, they probably will. Well, I know we're getting ready to hear from um, an owner, but my, my question is, where's the owners? Where, you know, we're hearing from these drivers. Where are the owners that, you know, of the teams that these drivers drive for? And I mean, I know that you don't hear from owners a lot. You know, you don't hear Joe Gibbs isn't out there, you know, bitching and Rick Hendrick doesn't go out there and bitch and Richard Childress doesn't. But I guarantee him to you, Tony Stewart does. Where's Tony Stewart on this topic? I haven't heard Tony Stewart talk about it. I hear Kevin Harvick, but I haven't heard. Yeah. You know, so these are, that's another thing that I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's drivers, but you would think, I mean, if the drivers are so concerned about their safety and their health, why aren't there owners out there talking about it and making, putting the pressure on NASCAR? I, I, I don't, they're the ones that are going to have to pay for it. I mean, so I, I, I don't understand where, and again, I'm not trying to come from a side. I mean, I'm not blaming drivers or anything. I'm just like, this whole issue just confuses me is yeah. I think really, I'm just confused on where all of this, I, I, again, I get the safety issue. I get that they've talked about it here and there. I don't understand why, like, what is making this big old spectacle of it right now? What is it going to solve either way? I mean, just, yes, you're going to talk about it, but do does it have to continue to be, I swear to God, between this and Ross Chastain, <laughs> I mean, that has been all we've talked about this season. And it's it's almost like we're ignoring the fact that, let's not talk about the fact that there are, you know, how, what the majority of the field ha- has victories this season, you know? And I mean, all the, all these other things to talk about, all of a sudden these main guys aren't the focus of the season. So, and, and I, I could be connecting nothing here, but it, that's just what it seems to me is it's like, you know, we're, we're not consistently doing what we normally consistently do. So now we got to deflect, you know what I mean? Like, let's deflect from things. And that's just what I feel. And I'm just like, I don't know. I I feel like Mike, maybe I'm not paying attention or I'm, I'm missing out, but it's not all used. Yeah. It's not all adding. It's not all adding up. You might say, you know, and I think we need to hear from the owners. The media needs to be talking to the owners. Um, Guys like Harvick and, and, and Denny, they've struggled this year a little bit. I mean, Denny got himself in the playoffs and still in the playoffs, and Harvick made the playoffs, but now Harvick's out. But, you know, uh, and Truex, you know, was real close to about getting in, but he had a tough season. And so I go back to the fact that you know, this level playing field, it's, it's taken the spotlight off some of these superstars that we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
Well, I mean, I like I said, I know you have audio from one owner, though, that uh, luckily this owner comes on every week on NASCAR and talks about anything and everything. I mean, I don't know that there's anything that's off or out of bounds or, you know, whatever yeah. with, with Justin Marks. He's just he will talk and he's a former driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's he, tr- you know, I think he has a great view of, of things. So uh, I know you have some audio from him. Yeah, here's Justin Marks and here's what he had to say about the next gen car and the changes. It's the timeline, you know, from an owner's standpoint of what you need to know, what what's going to change. Yeah, I mean, um, yesterday, to be honest with you, I mean, um, you know, this is where we I think all of the teams are, in a, are, are all of the teams are you know, know that we're in the middle of a development cycle and at the the early stage of a development cycle with this new car. So I think, you know, I can really only speak for track house. I mean, I want the changes to happen quickly. I want our drivers to be safe. If they, if NASCAR finds ways to make this car safer, I'm, I would generally be a fan of, of the implementation of that as quickly as possible, Bob. I mean, we're, we're doing our 2023 budgets right now. Um, and, and we're doing our financial forecasting. We're planning what cash flow and operations look like through the winter when there's not a lot of revenue for our teams. Uh, so knowing you know, how much needs to change and, and what new products will be and the cost and the inventory levels associated with that is, is something really that, that, that the teams are going to need to know really pretty quickly, which is why I think, you know, NASCAR's got some real urgency right now to, to make sure these, these are tested and, uh, and they, come, they come to a good final design and then a, a distribution, supply chain distribution strategy. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready for it right now, Bob. And Don, He's right. They they need to know now because we got a plan for 2023, and so NASCAR is going to have to get off the the pot, you might say, and and uh, get with it here and come up with a solution awfully fast because it's going to impact these teams, and it's going to mainly impact them in the in the pocketbook. I think. Right. Well, and I understand that. I like I said, I understand both sides. I mean, I. I feel like it's being made to seem, and and mainly, I guess, because we're hearing from this from Denny Hamlin and stuff like, like NASCAR's ignoring them and not, what are they supposed to do? I mean, that's my question is, I mean, you know, you can't go back to the old car in the middle of the season. You know, I mean, no teams have it. This, this is yeah. what we have. So what do you want to cancel the season? And that's what I would ask. I would have been like, I mean, cause I'm a smart ass as I would have asked Denny, well, what do you want to do? Cancel the rest of the season? I mean, you know, do, what is NASCAR supposed to do? I'm sure, Mike, that they are testing things and trying to figure out, you know, I, I don't think they're sitting on their hands with this, but again, you know, but I understand the urgency with the teams needing to know something like, like Justin Mark said, you know, because of the budget and all, but yeah. I mean, again, I just, I guess it's just me, Mike. I don't understand why this is such a big deal. Like the, I, I do, but like it, it's not concern. Oh no, I don't want to say it's not concerning to me as a fan. Well, this is all behind the scenes shit that should be going on behind this. You know what I'm saying? Like we are in the playoffs. I'm, I'm concerned about what's going on in the playoffs. And I also understand, and I'm not trying to be like mean or whatever. Like I don't care. But you're driving 200 miles an hour with inches apart. Shit can happen, you know. And will if, happen. And if the worst of it, and and I mean concussions are bad, but if the, if the worst of it is a concussion, that's 
the risk that you all know as drivers y'all take getting in that yeah. car, you know, no matter what. So, um, I understand hell, Mike, you and I take that risk getting in behind the wheel of our car just to go down to the store. You know, I mean, yeah. that can happen. I just don't understand why this is such a big, and I guess it's because I love this sport so much, Mike, and we've got new eyes on this sport that I don't want to, I don't want to see that get tainted because of shit that should be going on behind the scenes, in my opinion. <laughs> You're right. It's taken the tension off the uh, playoffs and, and cast it as, cast it in a different direction. We're not talking about Ross Chastain anymore, but better watch out for Ross Chastain. He's sitting up there in third right now in the points. And, and I would not be surprised to see him pull off a uh, championship out of this. And, and I wonder if Denny would be uh, as vocal as he is right now, if he had been, if he had won and already and got himself locked into the, uh, the round of eight, you know, yeah. he's, I, don't uh, know. I mean, you know, I, 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 but it's the same. It, it was the same way. I mean, I feel the same way about baseball and other things. You know, it's like, and fans do too. You know, I mean, they understand when players, you know, have issues going on or whatever, and they want to do a lockout and stuff. It's like, okay. But in the end, fans just want to see the, you know, see football or see baseball or whatever. And it's like, it, there's, <laughs> there's just nothing that can be done. You know, they can't come out and, and do something this week. So, can we let it go for a week? I mean, you know, can we move on? We understand you're pissed off. We we know, but what the hell? Like, why did it have to get? I don't know. I I don't. Yeah. I'm, stop bitching. Where's Where's Felipe Lopez when we need him? I know. I need a. I I should have him on on this, but he'd tell me, "Oh, Don, 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 Don." You know how yeah, he does. Looking into it, you're you're making a bigger deal out of this than what it is. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be like, well, I'm not the one out there complaining all week, but like but, I said, you know, Denny was complaining about Goodyear though the week before. So Denny's just been bitching. It was Ross, then Goodyear, then you know, he's got a list of people he wants to take out. Sorry. And Junior talks about the fact that on the download this week that I keep going back to that because it's so relevant here. But he talks about the fact that Denny used the media masterfully, you know, just just uh, to, to get his point across. But also, Dale talked about sometimes you, you need the media to make changes, get changes, get NASCAR's attention. Mm-hmm. And and. So that's a little bit what they're doing as well. So I don't know. It seems like it's working. We'll see. Well, that's why I was saying I was surprised that I'm not hearing. And I know that Tony's busy doing other stuff, but I mean, he is the owner still or part, you know, co-owner of Stuart Haas Racing. And I'm shocked because if there was ever somebody that used the media, <laughs> he hated them, you know, when they came at him about things, but he loved to, you know, he, he would use them when he needed to. Um, I'm just shocked when his, one of his drivers that's, you know, being so vocal about it that he's not out there on the forefront. But I, anyway, so but Tony, um, he's busy running two NHR, NHRA uh, drag racing teams now. He's plus married. Yeah, you know, he's, he's yeah. got, a, you know, he's doing, yeah, his- he's got a little hot blonde. So he, he's, he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about Alex Bowman. Um, anymore. So here's, here's a little good news, real quick. Um, AJ Allmendinger, Mike, re signed a, or mm-hmm. signed a big contract with Kaylee Racing for next season, coming back full time, uh, driving in the NASCAR Cup Series. So awesome thing. I mean, AJ, you know, the races that he's raced in this season, um, in both Xfinity and in the, the Cup Series, he has, he's done amazing. So, 
Yes, um, he is. I'm I glad think, to see that. I think he's definitely deserving of that. So um, that's that's good to see. And then, um, Mike, last week we talked a little bit about, uh, well, we mentioned this last week too, but again, it was in the news. Kurt Busch saying that he's hoping to be back um, racing here. I think he's definitely planning on racing at Phoenix. So um, that's good news. Yeah, for sure. So we'll see how that goes. And then we mentioned last week, um, I mentioned to you about the Project 91 team and Justin Marks and and the Jimmy Johnson situation. Well, uh, Justin talked about that uh, this week. So, and I know you've got some audio on that. Yeah, here's what Justin had to say about Jimmy. Yeah, uh, you know, Jimmy's a friend of mine and and we talk a lot and I've got a lot of respect for him. And and I think that where he's at in his in his career right now is he's excited about, um, you know, bucket list racing, about about doing doing the things that he's always always wanted to do and, and just enjoying the passion that he's got for all different kinds of motorsports in different ways. So, you know, for Project 91. Project 91 is geared towards, you know, the, the brand strategy for that is geared towards bringing international drivers to NASCAR. So, it, you know, something like that wouldn't fall underneath the Project 91 uh, umbrella. But, you know, I, I'll speak for myself. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a lot of I would love to put Jimmy Johnson in one of our cars. 100 percent. I would love to do that. And, and I think that if the uh, if the interest is there on his side, um, it, then it's an exercise that we have to go through. So, you know, like I said, Jimmy's Jimmy's a friend of mine. I, I know what his where his passions lie right now in his life. And, and I hope that, that we can, we can be a part of that. Um, those types of discussions probably, you know, need to really start taking place once, you know, we kind of get through this, this championship run that we're on right now. Um, I have incredible amount of, of respect for him. And I think it would be truly an honor to have him in one of our cars. I think the whole idea of track house and, and, and of, of things like project 91 and some of the things we were doing is just finding really interesting and compelling motorsports programs and just finding a way to, to deploy. And Don, uh, I have to say, you know, uh, Jimmy's an international driver. He's from El Cajon, California, California's foreign country now. Right. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I, I see, uh, Jimmy possibly uh, doing the double, uh, the Indy 500 and the, in the Coke 600 and um, possibly racing in with, with them and um, also see Kyle Busch maybe doing that next year. So that'd be kind of cool to see if they could pull that off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and Mike, we talked about earlier, you know, so you're going to see some other guys here racing um, this weekend at the road course as well. I know I, I talked to you a little bit, I think it's a uh, Sage Karam and is it, um, Connor, is it Connor Daly or who else is it that's racing? I know Sage is is racing this weekend, um, and then I think AJ is racing um, in the Cup Series race as well. So uh, AJ can look to sweep the weekend. He's another one to watch. Yeah, and uh, again, it's good to see him, um, you know, doing so well this year and all the stuff he's wanting to do. And um, it's good to see these uh, these Indy car drivers get a chance to to race and everything. So um, I um, just think it's a good time for the sport. The sport's in good shape right now. I believe the crowd at Talladega was good. I think it, hopefully it'll be good at the Charlotte race at the Roval and the races that we have left on this, on the schedule. Well, and I lied to you. There's three guys. I, I left off one. So this weekend, um, Marco Andretti is racing as well. Oh. So Marco Andretti and Sage Karen will race in the Xfinity Series race. And then Connor Daly is making his Cup Series debut. He'll be in the Cup Series race. So um, three now are IndyCar guys that will be racing. That's awesome. That was really cool. 
It is awesome. So, all right, Mike. And then um, I know we've got some NHRA news as well. Yes, we do, Don. We had the Midwest Nationals at Gateway. Well, it's a worldwide technology raceway there in St. Louis there, the drag strip. And we had a great race this past weekend. And um, they had great weather and good, a really good crowd, um, both Saturday and Sunday. I think Saturday was uh, – or Sunday was a sellout um, or close to it. And uh, I know Saturday's crowd was real healthy. But Steve Torrance gets the win in top fuel. Robert Height got the win in um, funny car. And um, I think that was Robert's eighth win of the season. He's doing really well. They got a real competitive um, uh, class there this year. And uh, Erica Ender, Erica Ender's got the win in Pro Stock, and uh, we'll talk about her in just a second. And then Matt Smith won the, the Pro Stock motorcycle uh, uh, race there, and the, got the win in the in the finals. They had um, really some spectacular uh, close finishes. In all four classes, Don. But uh, we're going to hear from Steve Torrance first. Um, Steve's had an up and down year this year. So um, I'll uh, give you some stats after I play the uh, interview. But this is uh, his reaction in the media center for um, the uh, win in top fuel at St. Louis. So here we go. Yeah, absolutely. And that second round, you know, going up every round was was a big round for us. Going up there against Clay on second round. Um I thought I lost and, and same thing Robert thought or, or said, you know, I, you, you never saw light all day. So you go around the corner and I'm wondering if I won or lost. I felt like he was ahead of me. I watched him the whole way and I knew I was late. So I'm thinking I lost on a whole shot. I'm going to have to deal with this crap for a whole another week and a half. And then um I come around the corner and they're wheeling me towards the television. And I'm like, well, here goes one of these in it, this, this is insult to injury because now I'm going to have to explain my whole shot loss. So I get out and I'm walking over to Clay and I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I was dead late. And he goes, my stuff blew up right before the finish. And I'm like, I won. Yeah. He goes, yeah. So then I kind of got happy about it. And then, uh, third round against Doug, uh, just a good race. You know, you go up there and, and I think I flickered the bulb no less than 10 times. Like it, it never would lock on. Finally, I just said, I'm going to bump in a, a one more little bump and see if I can get it on. And then just a good drag race. Cause it, you know, I don't, they smoke the tires, but they were going for it. And I mean, you have to, and, and in these situations, everybody in the semis had run 76 the round before from 76 zero to 76 seven or eight. Um, then going into the final, uh, racing Josh. Josh is very predictable on what he does on the tree. And so I kind of had, had in my mind to be prepared for, he didn't want to go first and, you know, and he, and he doesn't hold you out or anything. He just doesn't like to go first. So I went in, uh, I stole a little bit. The car probably ran a little quicker than it did. I'm thinking maybe a hundredth and a half or two, but that 27, we're, none of us are Justin Ashley. That guy pulls out 27s all the time uh, for my old butt to do it. I was proud of that one. And then I think Josh rolled his in too. He was 48, but that's, that's what you do in the final round. It's time to race. It's time to get it done. And it's time to just go up there and, and try to get the wind light. So, um, a huge shot in the arm for the Capco boys. You know, this has not been our best season. We've struggled self-inflicted. We've struggled with some things throughout this year. Uh, and you know, the countdown is what it is, but, it's a it's a difficult pill to swallow, especially for Brittany, because she's had the most dominant race car all year, and I, I and I acknowledge that with her. She she's she's uh, they're not doing as as well as they were, but they're still not out of this by any means. And we're back in the middle of it, and I didn't expect this to be a situation for us. Uh, 
not as close as it's going to be. And this is going to be an all out brawl dog fight to the end, because I mean, you got some of the baddest hot rods in the, in the country that are going head to head right now. And it's, it's tight. Everybody can run 65, 67, 68. And, and that's what it's going to take to win this thing. And you got to be on the wheel to drive it. So it's going to be a tough, hard fought battle all the way to the end. And Don, there's uh three. Well, let's see. Um, yeah. Three, three races left. Uh, Texas, the Motorplex next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend. Mm-hmm. Steve does real well at that track. Then we have Vegas at the, the strip at Las Vegas. He does very well at Vegas. And then they end the season in Pomona at, at the uh, race track there, there for the winter nationals. And he, Steve does really well at that track. Now he won, um, he qualified number one. This was his second win of the year. Only, only a second win of the year. Usually he's won four or five of them by now. It was his, um, He's 14 points behind Brittany Force in the in the uh, point standings. She had a real good lead going into the the countdown, which is the playoffs, but she hasn't done so well in the playoffs. This is his fourth win at St. Louis and his 53rd overall win in his career in Steve's in Kilgore, Texas, which is just east over there in uh, Dallas there near uh, – kind of on the way to Shreveport. So he, um, good old Texas boy. And uh, I, I think he's going to really t- crank it up here when he comes to the motorplex next weekend at the uh, fall, the Texas uh, fall nationals. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And the other audio that we have is uh, Erica Enders, uh, you know, another Texas girl who grew up in the Houston area. She got her, uh, 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 let's see, eighth victory this season in the, uh, in the pro stock class. So let's hear from Erica and see what Erica had to say. Sounds to me like a good day. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was pretty intense, you know, coming in, we, we lost in the semis last week in Charlotte. Uh, my teammate Aaron went on to win and we had a 64 point spread on him. And, um, you know, it got further as you went down, but um, second round racing my teammate TJ, I know exactly what he's capable of and the power that he has. Cause I have the same. So um, being able to beat him and watching Aaron and Greg both go out that round, it was uh, a pretty, pretty huge point swing there. And then going on to win the race was obviously the best outcome. So um, just love racing here at St. Louis. We've had uh, a lot of success, as you mentioned, but been coming here since I was 15 years old in a super comp dragster and uh, just have a lot of fun here. So I'm, uh, I'm really proud of my team for the win today. And she should be proud. Dawn, get, get a little of this. I mentioned it's her eighth victory this year. She has a 120 point lead in the point standings going into the last three races. So she should win this championship. It'd be her fifth, I think her fifth championship overall, if she can pull it off here. She um, won the race at Houston earlier this year, so she has a shot of sweeping the Texas races this, this season. This is also her sixth win at St. Louis. She is, has more wins at St. Louis than any driver in NHRA history now. Wow. And she also recorded her 41st overall career victory so this is just amazing she's just uh an amazing driver and just continues to dominate and uh do well and i just love it that a female is out there kicking these guys uh, guys ass on the on the drag strip and she she can lay it down and do it so uh and a texas female at that yeah go way to go ee so erica enders gotta love her so there you go all right uh good stuff mike and then uh I know next week you will have a preview for 
the races that are coming up here at Texas in a couple weeks. Yeah, and I'll be there, and my son is going to be up there at the Motorplex covering the races with me. It's be his first time to cover drag racing. He's been in the drag races before, and um, and but he's never covered it, so uh, he's going to go with me and um, ride shotgun and um, teach him how to do all that and uh, be, get him baptized by Nitro and let him talk to John Force and Antron Brown and all those guys that we just love to death. So Good stuff, good stuff. Well, uh, Mike... It's time. It's that time of the show for our picks uh, for the Roval, the Bank of America. What is it? The Bank of America 400. Is that what it is? Or what is I think it? it, is. I, Something think it like is. That. Um, I should know that. So whatever it is from Charlotte Motor Speedway, it's Hang the Roval. On. Hang on. I've got it right here. <laughs> Give us the deets, Mike. You've got that, right? You're right. You had it right. The Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It'll be 2 p.m. Eastern on NBC, PRN, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. So that's 2 p.m. Eastern. So that's what, 1 o'clock our time. Uh-huh. Do you have any idea, number of laps, any of that stuff or no? 400 laps. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no it's a 400, but I'm not sure what the length of the track is uh, for the Roval. So um, Not important. It's all right. All right. Well, who's your picks? That's what's important. Okay, so I'm going to go Chase Elliott for okay. the win. My long shot, I got to pick him because I'm going to keep picking him until he gets a win, is Ryan Blaney. Okay. And my really, really, really long shot, I'm going to go um, looking at the field here. Um, and it's so hard because some of these guys are so good at the road course. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, – I'm just for the hell of it, Michael McDowell. All right. So you're going to go McDowell. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick for the win. Um, I'm going to go. My second pick is Ross Chastain. And my really long shot, but I think that he's still got a great chance, is Austin Sendrick. Um, So that's going to be my three for this week. Well, that's great. So... Uh, I like, we kind of went with some different stuff there. Different stuff. <laughs> and watch, we'll be wrong on all three accounts. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. We probably jinxed them. So uh, anything else might going on or uh, anything else you want to talk about? Not really. I'm just, um, just enjoying the uh, fall like weather here. We, we've had some nice mornings and nice evenings and, Finally feels like falls in the air in South Texas and um, hoping for good weather this weekend in Charlotte, hoping for good weather the following weekend at the um, Texas uh, Motorplex as well. So we need to keep that good weather streak going. Yeah. I know we need the rain, but let it rain in between. And then I need it to, no, I need it to not rain on the weekend of the 22nd, which is the following weekend after that, because that's my son's wedding. Um, same son, which by the way, uh, now by the time I put the show out, it'll be passed, but we're recording on Thursday night. Happy birthday to my oldest son, Caleb. Yeah. He turned 29. Wow. Uh, 20, I know. I cannot believe. 29. I remember he was little. I know. I'm like, Mike, do I look like I have a 29-year-old kid? No, I was going to say, <laughs> you don't look like you have a 29-year-old. I look like I am 29. Right? <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so oh, how, how, how's that possible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. No, but uh, he turned 29 today, and he's getting married in, in two weeks. I mean, him and his girlfriend have been together for 
eight years. I mean, we have a, you know, my seven-year-old grandchild from them, but um, they finally decided, they finally got their shit together, I should say. <laughs> I love them to death, but they finally got it all together and they are getting married on the 22nd. So I need it. It's an outdoor wedding. I need it to be decent weather then too. But I was going to say, when you were talking about our weather here, it just sucks. Like, I love it. This is the time of year that I love. I love this in the spring here in Texas. But with that said, what sucks is it's beautiful in the morning and it's cool. Like you step outside in your shorts and stuff and you're kind of like, ooh, it's a little chilly. Yeah. You know, I got a little chill in the air. But then by two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, it's like anywhere between 85 and 89, which by Texas standards is cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, is nice. The problem is, is that the pool is already really cold because of the morning so like we're me and the and the the little ones i take care of we're in transition so every day we're still swimming but we swim in the hot tub so we kick the hot tub on and we swim in the hot tub because the pool is just too damn cold to get into right now um so thank goodness they're little because there's not really a whole lot of swimming that goes on in the hot tub um but at least we're still able to get outside every day it's amazing how cool the water uh, or how fast the water cools down you know. I know, because literally a month ago, the water felt like bath water because it was so daggum hot outside. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's so weird how quickly. But these nights, you know, getting down into the 50s up here, we've been in the late high 40s, even some nights. So, wow. um, yeah. And I mean, you know, again, I know there's some people that are like, whatever, but that's cold for us. I mean, it's really cold. Well, so. congratulations to your son, Caleb, and his fiance now soon to be wife and and happy birthday to caleb and uh dawn um at least uh you know you mentioned they've been together for seven years now whatever but um at least they don't have to worry about the first year jitters of a marriage you know moving in and trying to learn everybody's habits and stuff they've got they've got that part down yeah no they've lived together you know they've yeah that's all that's all and done they, now they they also don't have to worry about the seven-year itch or whatever they call it you know they made it past that now i'm like okay can we get me a granddaughter now can we start talking about that because i mean i think we've established our relationship and stuff can we do that so maybe they'll get lucky on the honeymoon well we'll see fingers get lucky as a result of the the honeymoon (laughs) (laughs) so we'll see fingers crossed but all right, Mike. Well, I will holler at you next week and uh, look forward to your previews of uh, for your uh, NHRA previews, I should say. And we'll see what the hell comes out of <laughs> out of Charlotte. Who knows what what can happen and, and what we'll be complaining about come Monday. I think we're going to see a lot of drama. You do? I, you I think do. so? Yeah. Oh, we didn't even. OK, hold on really quick before we sign off. We didn't even touch on the fact that this is a cutoff <laughs> this is a yeah. cutoff race so yeah, cutoff race. so we'll get what our final four out of this won't we no the the, the round of eight. Oh, round of eight where am i still like so we have homestead we... martinsville um what do we have four four tracks left well then that would be the final four wouldn't it but they do the final four Oh, just for Homestead. I mean, just for Phoenix, right? Is the final four? Just, just for Phoenix. Okay, so yeah, so we've got no, those. We have, no, are we going back to Las Vegas? We have Las Vegas too. So yeah. we have, we have, uh, I think Martinsville, Homestead. I'm not necessarily in that order. Martinsville, Homestead, Vegas, Phoenix. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. is what happens, folks. After thirty-five or whatever thirty, you know, it's a thirty-six race season. But and then you add in the. 
they change it up every year. They've been changing it the last couple of years. So it, I'm not even going to use that as an excuse. It's just Mike at this time of the season for us, like burned out. we are, I mean, I love it. I, I love the sport, but this time of the, well, hell I'm not by 26 races. We don't even get to the damn playoffs and I'm already like, Oh, thank God. There's only 10 more races left because <laughs> it's just, it's such a long season. It really is. And so we really want to do a show this week. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> so Let's record tomorrow night. In tomorrow night. <laughs> tomorrow night and tomorrow. We'll it's Sunday. <laughs> I know. Right. Okay. Well, we'll just well, how about we just do two shows in one? No. <laughs> we could just like for now, we could just come in next week and say, here, let's just preview the next four races. <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen? Who's here's my picks of what the next four races are. And here's our NHRA preview too. We'll see you next year at Daytona. <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what though, in the in the 18 seasons that we've been doing this, this is probably one of the most exciting seasons with all kind of scenarios and things that have happened. We've really had a lot of good stuff to talk about, plus all these different winners, new tracks and everything. And I think it's been a good, a good year. No, it, it definitely has been. So, uh, and again, I mean, we, we complain in, in just, I mean, who, who doesn't complain about, and well, and, and I was going to say their job, this isn't really a job for us. We don't get paid to do it, but um, now we would love to have sponsors. If they would love to jump on board, we would love to, to get paid because this has become a very expensive hobby actually for us both and time consuming. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we bitch and complain now, but in a month from now or month or about four or five weeks after the season's over, we're ready to do it again. <laughs> I know. Like the first week after the season, I'm like, okay, I think this may be it. I really do. I think this may be it after the season. And then like two weeks before the season, I'm like, oh no, I'm Jones. And we got to do it. We got to do it again. There's too much to talk about. (laughs) There is. Or then I start thinking to myself, because I was actually doing this this past week. I'm like, okay, for next season, because I honestly, for me, in my head, I want to get to 20. And I think maybe at 20, I'll say, okay, I'm done. You know, 20. So that would mean two more seasons, Mike. But then I started thinking, but do I need we to do, do a week? We <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, do we need to do a weekly podcast? Or could we maybe just do like a monthly podcast where we just talk about for the month, you know, and what happened? And I know what's going to happen is it's like, okay, there are weeks when you're like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to do it. Yeah. But then there's going to be those times when I'm not supposed to do one. And there's going to be a shit ton of talk about. So I'm like, okay, well, then could we just pop in here and there? And when we pop in, because you know what? Here, Dale Jr., the download, they don't even record every week. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. So I don't know. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm tired. It's 10 o'clock. It's 10 15. Um, I'm a little bit. <laughs> and Denny Hamlin wore me out this week. So that's what I'm going to say. His, his, well, let me preface that. His bitching and complaining <laughs> wore me out this week. So I, I'm over. I'm over. I'm bitching. Listen to me. All I've done is bitch this show because his bitching has worn off on me. That's right. Anyway, hopefully we can get back to just talking about how awesome the season has been. And like you just said, there's so much to talk about and what's going to happen after this next cutoff here after the Roval. So uh, maybe we get a fight or something out of it. Well, you never know. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next week. Yeah, we'll see. All right. <laughs> All right, Mike, have yourself a great one. And right. uh, we'll talk next week because we will do a show next week. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.